Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Welcome to NASCAR America, presented by Mobile One from the Big Oak Table here in Charlotte. Kelly Stavis alongside the mayor, Jeff Burton, and Parker Kligerman. And guys, we don't normally start this show talking baby talk. But this, of oh. course, is the one big exception because Dale Jr. and his wife, Amy, welcomed Isla Rose Earnhardt last night. Amy Earnhardt breaking the news on Twitter. She said she's finally here. Dale Jr. and I are officially parents to a beautiful baby girl, Isla Rose Earnhardt. It feels like a dream, the best dream ever. And Dale Jr. adding his tweet, everyone was right. It's a new beginning. Now everything I do will be for her and Amy. So blessed. So guys, we have a new member of NASCAR royalty here. But Jeff, Congratulations to them, for you're sure. You're the only one, one at this table who has experienced parenthood. So what's he in for? It is a, uh, a life-changing experience, for sure. And all the things that you did to your mother are going to come back to you one <laughs> of course. day, yep. as they should. And that's something he has to look forward to. He'll be up late at nights when she's about 14 or 15 and wondering, what's she doing? Why is she acting like that? And it just all comes back because you know his mother was thinking the same about that's him right. one day. That's right. What goes around comes around. The well, only thing I know about kids is that I was once a kid. There you go. So that's all you I know. Good luck with are. that. You kind of still are a kid. Yeah, I never really grew bit. up. Yeah. A little I think bit. we all are, which is yeah. a good thing. That's why we're on TV, basically. <laughs> good. Obviously, our congratulations to, to Dale and we can't wait to see some pictures of little Isla Rose. Well, Dale Jr. was a six-time winner at Talladega during his career. Joey Logano still has a ways to go to match that, but on Sunday, he did score his third career win at NASCAR's biggest track. For Joey and his boss, Roger Penske, it was a big win for several reasons. You know, you got to get it here because you know what the end game is being in that uh, championship run at the end. And I think Joey, after 30 plus races, this was a monkey off his back. But great team effort today. A lot of good cars out there. But I'd say one thing that the, the four teams really worked together to keep us up front all day. And we were able to execute at the end. So we're going to go home happy and uh, say, hey, it was a good one. Let's move on. 
I'm relieved. Yeah, no, no kidding. Um, you know, in this moment, it's it's so great, and it lasts for about an hour and a half, and then you're thinking about the next race immediately. But um, to think about the the playoffs and, and knowing that uh, we're going to be in that, and um, and the points that we've scored uh, over the years so far, is, um, it, it feels really good. We've been consistent, and uh, we're getting faster. So, uh, and, and the wins will start coming. So Joey Logano became the sixth different driver to win in 2018. He's also one of two 2018 winners that failed to make the Monster Energy Series playoffs last season. The other is Clint Boyer, who punched his ticket with a uh, victory last month at Martinsville. All right, so let's take a look at the current playoff standings. Six drivers are virtually assured a spot in the playoffs. That means there's also some drivers who are going to be pretty nervous, those hoping to get in on points alone as we start the month of May. And look ahead, guys. Let's focus on that group, sort of 13 down to 20, uh, maybe even 12. Eric Almarola through William Byron uh, certainly gets tight there. Yeah, I think it gets really tight, Parker. I, I, I think Kyle Larson, Blaney, Denny Ham, I think for those guys, they're in. I, I don't yep. – I mean, they could mess up bad and some things could happen, but it would take a unique set of circumstances. But – I think the pressure gets turned up at Eric Amarola. And I know right now he looks like he's in easy. But remember last year that Matt Kenseth was the last guy to get in. He was ninth in points. He was ninth in points. <laughs> and he was the last guy to get in. Only three guys got in on points. So there's 16 races left before the playoffs start. The pressure starts right now, and I think it starts at Eric Amarola. And you bring up a great point, but if you look back at 17th there, Ryan Newman and Chase Elliott in 18th, those are two cars I see winning a race possibly in this next 16, right? So that leapfrogs them in. We know that we might not get as many winners as we had last year, but I think it starts to ratchet up the pressure on those guys that are assuming they're going to get in by points. When you look at how Jimmy Johnson is performing, right? Right now, where's their win coming from? Right. I, don't, I don't know where that's coming from right now. So if they're going to assume they get to get in on points, if they have two winners behind them, that's going to knock them into the, the bubble spot, right? When you look at Alex Bowman, who's doing a great job in that 88 car, outperforming his seven-time champion there, when you look at his situation, that's a tough spot to be if there's also two winners from back there. And I, I just think this is a it's if it comes down the points, it's incredibly tight. But if we can get those winners from back outside the top 16, this becomes a free for all. Well, and you're going to get some more winners. I mean, there's yeah. no question you're going to get some more winners. And when I look at that list, you know, there's Ryan Newman sitting there in 17th, and they're not running that great. But Ryan Newman and, and that team, they find a way. They they just claw finishes out when you don't think that they're going to be able to. So if I'm ahead of him in points, I'm assuming Ryan Newman's coming forward. I'm assuming Chase Elliott's coming forward. I haven't seen it from William Byron at this point. You know, from wearing it down, there's Daniel Suarez, Earl Wallace Jr., Jamie McMurray. They're going to have to have some major changes in what's going on to get themselves up. But the people I feel really, really good about is I think Eric Jones – I think that last year he learned a lot. They almost made it last year with a few less mistakes they could have made it, and I think mm -hmm. that he learned it's a valuable lesson in how to manage the races. I know he wrecked this past weekend, but when I look at him and I look at Eric Amarola, I think those two guys are guys that they are going to be smart in how they race, and I think that they're going to be guys that are able to move themselves in. If you tell me Jimmy Johnson's not going to make – the playoffs. <laughs> I've gone. I've gone and said he. I, don't count him out because he's not done. But you know, you have to assume Jimmy Johnson's gonna make the playoffs. So people like Ricky Stenhouse Jr. That puts a ton of pressure. It's on now. Right. Yeah. It's 16 to go, and that seems like forever. Four bad races. Now you only have 12 to make them up. Right. Yeah. So yeah. the pressure's on right now. And I well, just to, to butt in, when you look at Jim McMurray's situation, 
they're in a terrible situation yes. because they have normally made it on points. points. And now he is 50 points out. That's an enormous amount of points. I don't see that team making that up right now, not from what they've shown us at the beginning of this season. And that obviously helps some of your guys that you're talking about, like Jimmy Johnson. I'm not counting Jimmy Johnson out because, as you just said, you can't count out the 48 <laughs> car. There's no chance. I mean, You want to go on record I'm today. not saying it. No, I'm not saying it. I'm not doing it. Okay. I'm not doing that. No, thank you. He, I believe they will make the playoffs. But you brought up another name, Ricky Sandhouse Jr. Think about that right there, how big it was for Roush Family Racing to be in the playoffs last season off those wins he had at Super Speedways. And now he's coming up to where he's looking at maybe one chance to get that done on a super speedway. Or this team is going to need something miraculous to happen to find themselves in the playoffs. And that's going to be another blow to an organization that's trying to rebuild, that has some positive momentum of bringing a guy like Matt Kenseth back in the fold. I, so you know? I, I, was, I was just getting ready to say that there's a name that's not on this list, <laughs> and it's Matt Kenseth. And, and I'm not, not that he's going to make the playoffs, but his impact on Roush Fenway yep. and how it affects Ricky Stenhouse Jr., you know, I look at I look at Matt Kenseth as a long-term impact. I don't think Matt Kenseth is going to be able to come in there, flip the switch, and everything get better. Matt Kenseth is a long-term impact. But if it provides a 5% help short-term, will that be enough to move Ricky Stenhouse Jr. into that point-paying position? I mean, teams like that, they don't run well enough to have mistakes. They have to be mistake-free, Kelly. Well, is there a chance that Matt Kenseth could even come in and win one, which would take away a potential... He has so many points he has to make up, though, to get no, it. No, no, no. No, they wouldn't even Just give him the saying waiver. he would be stealing a spot, potentially, or oh, yeah. an opportunity for someone else That's to, a to, point. Yeah. to, to get point. a win. So, yeah, Jamie McMurray is the name that stands out most to me. The last three years, he's made it in on points. He's got a lot and, to make up. And so, I like, Jamie McMurray... He's a really good place racer. He's a yep. really good plate racer. So going into this weekend, I thought, Jamie McMurray's had a bad year. You better watch him. Cuts a tire, wrecks his primary car, took away an opera. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's things yeah. like that that snowball, and, and that took away one of his chances to move himself in. He's had just one top 15 finish yep. this season, that third at Texas. I thought maybe that would help spring some momentum for that team, but it hasn't worked just yet. All right, we've got much more to come up next. The madness of Talladega is front and center in part one of Scan All. And later, we'll have a clip from the Dale Jr. download with special guest Joey Logano. As a race car driver, you're very selfish. Oh, yeah. When you put that helmet on, you change as a person. Uh, you know, you can be a, a nice guy sitting here on the couch, and, you know, when you put a helmet on, you kind of become a, a little bit of a jerk. And, and I'm guilty of that. <laughs> yeah. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. Churchill Downs in Louisville, Kentucky, home of the Kentucky Derby. That'll be Saturday here on Tuesday. It's kind of a calm before the storm. But we did have the post position draw earlier today. As is often the case, none of the leading contenders really helped or hurt. No, the favorite, Justified, drew post seven, trained by Bob Baffert, who, if you remember, won the Triple Crown a few years ago with American Pharoah. Second choice, Mendelssohn, post 14, both good posts. Justify, very fast but he's also very inexperienced. He is. He's only had three lifetime races, all three of them very impressive wins, though. Mendelssohn, the second favorite, is based in Ireland. That's a bit unusual for the Derby. He may have the best trainer and jockey in the world, Aidan O'Brien and Ryan Moore, but 
a lot of other solid horses in this year's field as well. A big group right, right in behind those two favorites. Four of them trained by last year's Derby winning trainer Todd Pletcher. Headlined by Audible and Magnum Moon. Yeah, it's a wide open Derby this year. We're just getting warmed up here. Our extensive coverage will begin on Thursday. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to it. Well, with a crowded field of 20 horses slated to run for the Roses on Saturday, it may look a lot like the pack racing we see at Talladega. Speaking of NASCAR's most unpredictable track, let's check out some of the chaos that took, part, took place in part one of Scanall Talladega. Gorgeous day here at Talladega Super Speedway. There is a cloud in the sky. You really kind of have to rely on the racing gods to help you make it through a total of 500 miles at this racetrack. We're underway with the Geico 500. So close. A few people out of control. They're pretty much all out of control. It's just some less than the others. That was more on to quit driving in front of me. I'm trying to stay offset of them for whenever they wreck. There you go. One car's going to cause a damn break up here. Oh, they're spinning. Keep coming. Come on, come on, come on, come on. God dang it. Yeah, somebody split up right in front of me. Got hooked in the right rear again. That's one car. Easy, 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 easy. That was close. I made it through it somehow. I clipped in the right rear just a little bit, but I got through it the last one. So I lost you. Did you make it? Yeah, I'm good. Oh, my God. Can't believe I missed that. <laughs> that was close. I'm going to pucker up when you see this one. I was watching your roof camera the whole time. I don't know how you did not hit the fix. Took off on the bottom, man. Good driving. It's so loose. Martin Truex Jr., he hasn't finished a race in four races here at Talladega. Oh, Talladega. This is going to be serious carnage here whenever we start racing. I mean, it's very difficult to even run in a single file line, it seems like, for a lot of guys. Move oh, oh, the two Keselowski oh, almost gosh. came around on him. Just slip right there. Oh, yeah, if I bust my ass. Holy hell, that was a good save by him. Save that the two made was pretty big. Way to drive. Ah, uh, Jimmy is getting wrecked. Big wreck behind you. Take it up, take it up, take it up, take it up. Middle, 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 middle. This is the big one. It breaks out on lap 165. I can't see, man. I don't see nothing there. Stay buckled up. How bad is it? Oh, it's total. Great Galding shoots the middle and makes it. That was crazy, man. Thank you, Jesus. Holy cow. Dude, I'm telling you right now. Oh, I'm going to go buy a lottery ticket after that race. I couldn't see anything. I cold trickled that son of a gun. I don't know what that was all about. Jimmy Johnson caused another one. I don't know why, how I spun. I just think it was air or something. I, I, I didn't see any contact. Yeah, I don't I don't think I touched them. I just air pushed them, I think, on the left rear. What happened, Tyler? 24 moved up the racetrack a little bit, and the 48 kind of came down. They touched, and, and 48 spun across the 24's nose. That was a very diplomatic way of saying it. I believe the 24 dumped the 48 is how I would describe it. I don't know what it sounded like. It was really pleasant the way that he described it, though. Well, another key story from Sunday's race was the Ford camp working together, especially during those final laps, and that seemed to frustrate Chevy driver Chase Elliott. I was really surprised how patient they were being with one another and 
uh, really thought that they would want to win a little more than, than what they did, or at least showed to me. I tried to kind of break out of line and do a couple things uh, there, and it was, you know, like I said, very obvious that nobody was going to help me around around me. So, um, you know, it's hard to, hard to move forward. Uh, even if I had just had one, you know, one other person to help, um, I felt like it would have made a made a big difference. So, you know, like I said, it could have been worse. All right, so we heard Chase there. The thing that stands out to me is he said, I guess they didn't want to win as much as, as I thought they did or I, I did. You're telling me Kurt Busch and Kevin Harvick didn't want to win that race. But, but to his point, was there something more that they could have done? Could they have made moves earlier? Could they have been? Should they have been more aggressive? I think so. I, I, this is my problem with this package. I've had a gripe with this package since we've run it the last couple of years where – it seems like to develop runs, to make the energy to make a run, at times with too few cars or whatever, it's too tough. It, I, and, you know, when I think about racing trucks or racing Xfinity or even times I've been in a cup car on the Super Speedway, I think back to times, Jeff, that I could use the brake and I could load up on that brake and, and get, get back up to guys behind me, get them to give me some bumper pressure, some sort of run to create to go forward. But when I look at these, this current cup package and as we get down to the – the, the end of a race, it doesn't seem like the ability to make that run is there, right? And so I know Chase was frustrated because we all watched the same thing, which was there was no nothing happened, but I don't think they could make the run. Well, I think there's a couple reasons they couldn't make a run. You know, Chase Elliott said if he'd had one other guy go with him, it would have made a difference. It wouldn't have. It, one yeah. guy wouldn't have made a difference. And this is, this is early in the race. This is before the end of stage two. And look at everybody's bunched up. You see Ryan Blaney in the middle. He's backing up. What ultimately happens with that is now he gets a run and starts moving forward. You have this coming and going because you have so many cars on the racetrack. You yep. have to have two wide, three wide with this package to get those runs. It's hard to just drag your brakes. So at this point in the race, once they decided, okay, we're past stage one, now we got to go earn points, like it got very exciting. It got very interesting. But then as we roll forward and we look at the end of the race where Chase Elliott was so frustrated – there just weren't enough cars. They right. just plain and simple weren't enough cars. So, you know, Chase Elliott made a move. He he had a run, but you see right there, look at everybody's single file. So Chase made a run where he thought somebody should have gone with him. He jumped on the outside and nobody did. And and the reason they didn't was because they were afraid. Right there, Chase Elliott yep. jumps it outside, stand out shooter says, nope, not going to do it. It's not right. Because but, it, the run isn't going to work, and he knew it. That's right. The run wasn't going to work because Stenhouse is going backwards when Chase made his run. So Stenhouse knows that. He knows there's no energy, so he fails to the bottom. So that's the reason. And I understand what Chase Elliott is saying because I'm watching it. I'm watching with Dale Jr., you know, and, and he's like, that guy needs to be doing this, needs to be doing that. I just don't think that with this package it's that easy. I just think you have to have a lot of cars. It, it brings up another point, which even though when they had the, the full field there before the big wreck, the leader has too much control, I feel like, with this package. I mean, I, I want your opinion on this because when I watch these races, I think at times the leader can control three lanes across the backstretch and the front stretch at times for laps on end. And it, it takes tremendous amounts of cooperation between, behind him to be able to manufacture a run to be able to get past. So when we do end up at the end with lesser cars for whatever reason, because we're always going to have wrecks at Talladega, right? That's just normal. Seems that way. Seems that way. <laughs> then we end up in a situation where, there, as you said, there's not enough cars, and that's this goes back to the package being that the leader just has so much control for whatever reason the way this aerodynamically is set up. Yeah, I, I'm okay with the leader having control because he's earned it. Okay. And, but I will, and, and I, I will say this. I've been part of a package where you could get big runs and you could make things happen, wickers on the roof, 
uh, or, or, or you know, blades on the roof, wickers on the spoiler. Don't want any part of that. I mean, because you're talking about wrecks. I mean, it was, it got to the point where they're like, look, we got to take it off. So it's always this balance, right? That's what's so difficult about Daytona and Talladega. This balance between what is good racing versus what are we asking too much of our drivers. It is the place, restricted plate racing is the most difficult because you want to have great racing within, with reasonable safety. Yeah. And, and and that restricted play makes that very difficult to do. It's a tough balance, no doubt. Yeah. And I, I mean, I okay, I don't want to go full slingshot passing every lap, <laughs> but I would just like a little less control for the leader <laughs> to allow some passing. That's all I'm saying. Well, we know those cars were a handful. We even heard Chase during that scan. I'll say it was hard even in single file uh, to run those cars. All right, well, the fan reaction was a bit mixed on Sunday's cup race, but they're more positive about what's been happening in the Xfinity series. Sirius XM's Pete Pistoni joins us to talk about that and much more next on NASCAR America. Welcome back. Last night in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Tampa Bay Lightning evened up their second round series with the Boston Bruins with a 4-2 win. And then the expansion Golden Knights, the most surprising story of the entire season, won at San Jose in overtime. So Vegas now leads that series two games to one. I think it'd be pretty cool if my Vegas Golden Knights met Chris Devota's Pittsburgh Penguins in the Stanley Cup final. But long way to go before that. All right, so two more games tonight. The Penguins are at home against the Washington Capitals. That series is tied at a game apiece. NHL Live starts at 6.30 Eastern here on NBCSN. And over on CNBC at 8 p.m. Eastern, it's Game 3 of the Predators and Jets. That series also tied 1-1 and should be a great scene with the whiteout in Winnipeg. All right, so speaking of Las Vegas, which we were just a moment ago, that's the hometown of Spencer Gallagher, who won the Xfinity race at Talladega. And just like the Golden Knights, Spencer Gallagher won that race in overtime. Today, Gallagher joined the morning drive on Sirius XM NASCAR radio, and he talked about not competing against Cup Series drivers the last few weeks. I really enjoyed the races um, without the Cup guys. I think it gives us uh, Xfinity superstars a chance to shine. You know, it's really cool to be racing every single spot with guys that you're racing week in and week out. I really, really enjoy that aspect of it. Um, and, you know, I, I think it lets the fans see what kind of talent's in the Xfinity field and, and how good of shows we can put on. I think we're having ourselves a really banner year here at GMS. Yeah, it was a really a cool story with Spencer Gallagher. So let's bring in the co-host of the Morning Drive on Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, Pete Pistoni. Pete, so, thanks so much for your time. Always a lot of fun to be here. And uh, you're talking hockey. My Blackhawks are on the golf course here in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they had their time. They've had their time. All right, so you actually got to talk to, to Spencer Gallagher. And what we just heard from that soundbite, obviously the winner of the race is going to be pleased that there weren't any Cup Series regulars uh, in the field the last few weeks. What was the response that you got from some of the fans? Well, you know, it's interesting, guys. If you listen to our channel, it's very rare where you get an overwhelming support one way or another. It's easily pretty divided down the middle. I got to tell you, Spencer Gallagher winning that race on Saturday at Talladega and just this idea of the Cup guys not being in the Xfinity Series and more of the spotlight being on those drivers, I think most of our listeners really embrace this. I'm not sure what direction NASCAR is going to go on this. These are dash for cash races, so we know why they're not there now, the Cup drivers. We know they won't be there in the playoffs. But when you have a, a series and your slogan is names are made here, 
It's a lot easier to tell the story of those names when guys like Ryan Priest and Christopher Bell and Spencer Gallagher are on victory lane, in victory lane, and not running second every week. So I think the fans are liking this idea of no cup drivers right now. And Pete, I have to agree with our fans, which I don't always do, but with this situation, I have to echo those sentiments because I myself felt more interested in these races not having the cup drivers. But it begs a question. I want your opinion on this. How much more can we limit cup drivers without just saying, let's ban them all together? Yeah, and the problem with that, Parker, as you all know, is there's a business implication there. We've got teams in the Xfinity Series that are cup teams that get sponsors because those cup drivers are magnets for corporate America. It's difficult right now for these teams to go out there and sell some of these drivers who are still trying to make their names, and it's, so it's a double-edged sword. I don't know how much further we can go, but I, I'm with you. And these last three races, they've been really good races. Bristol was fantastic. Richmond, the battle between Christopher Bell and Noah Gregson was great. And this past week, Spencer Gallagher and that crew put on a great show. So I don't think the entertainment value would be diminished if we don't get the Cub drivers anymore. I'm just not so sure where that balance is and what NASCAR is going to decide going forward on this. And that's a great point because, obviously, those those Cup drivers allow the Cup teams to run those those Xfinity cars at a level above many Xfinity teams, which then begs the question, all right, if they're not there, maybe the, the budgets naturally come down, which I think is a good thing. So I, I, I'm all for that. Let's get, let's get them all, out, all together, and maybe we'll have no more cup teams in the in Xfinity series. Well, and when, you have, when you have GMS racing winning, and it's not a cup-affiliated team, that's also a really good part of the story of Spencer Gallagher winning at Talladega. Well, I can tell you, it certainly opens up the door for more first-time winners, like we saw with Spencer Gallagher. There was no lack of excitement in victory lane over the weekend, I can tell you that for sure. All right, well, it's never too early, Pete, to start talking about the playoffs and the playoff picture shaping up on the cup side of things. Obviously, we've got a couple of three-time winners in Kevin Harvick and Kyle Busch, but we've got a couple of drivers who have won this season who missed the playoffs last year. We're talking about Joey Logano um, and Clint Boyer, of course. Uh, how do you think that's going to impact the playoff picture down the road? You know, I think this is interesting, guys, because we're 10 races in. And the last couple of years when we got here, we had more winners than we did now. We've got six winners. As you mentioned, Kelly, you got triples for Harvick and for Kyle Busch. I get a sense, though, as we go on, some other guys like Logano, like Martin Truex Jr., probably Kyle Busch again, probably Kevin Harvick again, are going to add to those win totals. To me, I feel like we're on a path right now where the good teams and good drivers are separating themselves from everyone else. You've got one guy right now outside the top 16 with a win, and that's Austin Dillon after he won the Daytona 500. I have a feeling we might get down to a year where maybe the, the, the point way to get into the playoffs plays a little bit more into this. I think you're right. We've got some guys that have already won and punched their ticket and gotten in, like Boyer and Logano, who weren't there from, from last year. But I'm not seeing anything yet that some of these other teams back there who have the big goose egg in the win column are going to be able to rise up and get the victory lane. It might be more of a point way this year. We'll see how this plays out in the next few weeks. Yeah, we got, what, 16 weeks left, races left ahead of the playoffs, so plenty of time for a lot of these other drivers to get to victory lane. All right, let's look back at, at Talladega and how that race played out. We see Ford with yet another super speedway victory, and we've really seen the manufacturers seem to work working together more than ever. Toyota has done it for some time now. We really saw that play out with the Fords as well. The missing part in all that is Chevy. Why aren't these guys working together? 
You know, and it's a great question. We had Casey Kane on the morning drive this morning who drives a Chevy for Levine Family Racing, and I asked him point blank, why are the Fords working together so much? Why does Toyota work together so much? Why don't you guys at Chevrolet work together so much? And he basically said, I really don't know. There seems to be more of a fracture inside the Chevrolet camp. You got Hendrick Motorsports over here, Richard Childress Racing over here, Chip Ganassi Racing over there, and then some of those affiliated teams like a, a Germain and a Levine Family Racing, but they don't have that mantra like Ford does. One Ford, we all work together. Toyota's been doing this since they came in to the sport a few years ago. I think Chevrolet, to me, if they maybe worked a little bit more together, maybe you'd see a little bit more success because, again, right now, 10 races in, one win for Chevrolet, five for Ford, four for Toyota. And I think some of that goes back to what you kind of mentioned, where you have Hendrick and Richard Childress, who have historically been teams in the Chevy camp that have always competed against each other. So for them to change their mentality, all these other manufacturers yeah. have, who have rotated teams as they've gone along, is going to be tough. I'm hesitant to allow this to happen too much because I just don't want to see where we end up the Super Speedways being simply manufacturer battles. That's, I hope that doesn't happen going forward. Well, we definitely uh, we heard from 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 Harvick and Kurt Busch that both expressed after the race, even though they didn't win, glad to see another Ford driver uh, did get to victory lane. All right, well, Pete, we're out of time. Thank you so much. Great insight. We always appreciate your time. Always a lot of fun, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Well, coming up, how did his wife and four-month-old son add to Joey Logano's emotions after winning at Talladega? He talked about that and more with Dale Earnhardt Jr. in the Dale Jr. Download, the latest edition, next on NASCAR America. All rise for Premier League mornings. Chelsea look to keep their top four aspirations alive as they welcome Premier League top scorer Mohamed Salah and Liverpool to West London. Sunday, 11.30 a.m. Eastern, right here on NBCSN. Smarter so so important. He's got to paint a picture of what's going on behind you, and you got to take all that information and put it into play uh, immediately, and you, and you got to trust him 100%. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't have a better guy up on the roof. He's the, the best as they come. So, um, you know, fortunate to have him. And uh, thanks, Dale, for that. <laughs> and it uh, feels really good. <laughs> All right, well, TJ Majors, current and former drivers, met up yesterday as Joey Logano joined Dale Earnhardt Jr. on the Dale Jr. download. And Logano shared further perspective on his victory at Talladega, as well as the lessons he learned during his long winless streak. I want to know what happened to my Talladega. I want to know, and I want you to tell me, because you were Talladega master, but I want to know what happened to my Talladega, because we had a, the, the eventual winner led the final 17 laps. That's not my Talladega, Dale. They let Joey Logano win the race. Who wants Joey Logano to win the race? Hey, I'm right here. Oh, I'm sitting oh. right here. Oh, Joey's here, There's Dale. one guy that wanted to win the race, at least. It appears to be all Joey Logano, his third win at the Talladega Super Speedway. In 2005, when Dale didn't make the playoff for the first time, and up until that point, we thought, it is easy to make this playoff, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, we had the world uh, right where we wanted it, and then that awakening where, like, wait, we just missed the playoff. It was the same year Jeff Gordon didn't make the playoffs. What did it feel like for you last year? It sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not really, you know, it's, uh, you, you, you get a little arrogant, a little cocky, assuming that you will make the playoffs, especially after you finish second right. in the points at the end of the year, the year before, you're, like, making the playoffs. That's going to be the easy part. Right. Jump in there, and all of a sudden you're like, uh-oh, we're not <laughs> going to make it. harder. 
you know and and uh we, we put ourselves in that box and you know it's that's our own doing driving across that start finish line yesterday it felt like i won the daytona 500 again. <laughs> it's like oh thank god like it's it's just uh i think the first thing i said is we're back TJ is amazing. You taught him really well. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I should have thanked Junior and Victor Lane as well. <laughs> you, you mentioned it. That was Lane. great. You said, thanks, Dale, for retiring. Right? Yes, I, said, yeah. I did. I did thank you for retiring. So uh, I, I don't know if I gained fans by saying that, but right. <laughs> at least I, I got a great spotter out of that. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was a lot of fun to uh, to. You know, over the off season to sit down with TJ, he paints that picture of what's going on and where the runs are coming from, and he tells you that it's going to happen, not when it's happening, and that's wow. that's okay. the difference. Paint the picture. I use mm-hmm. that exact phrase. That's funny. So paint the picture of what's happening behind me, and I can visualize it in my mind without looking. One off of him, nothing, not enough to do anything. I believe half. He's gonna look now. All right, he's outside the 41 back there. There you go. Nine's on the outside to help on the bottom, but he got hung. 17 did not go with him. I think the one thing that I would constantly remind him of is that when I'm passing a lap car or anybody, really, on the, and I'm on the bottom, I want him to, like, clear me as soon as possible because I can't open the throttle up. I can't use right. the gas if I'm, if I'm you know, running, if I'm pinching the car on the exit and running low. And uh, I'll look up in the mirror, and I know I'm clear, and he hadn't cleared me yet. <laughs> and I'm like, clear me, damn it! I want to mash the gas. You know, I can't. I want to use the gas and open the wheel up and all those things you want to do yeah, to yeah. get off the corner because that's a half a car length or you know whatever. Right. And I'm like, clear me, clear me when I'm clear. We only got one. We only got one gear, man. Right, it's, yeah. it's, it's go time. Yeah, that, <laughs> all the time. Uh, a lot of the Fords were up front. A lot of people talking about how they were maybe working together or not not trying to make a run on Joey. They couldn't. There right? just wasn't enough cars in that front pack to create a run, to create enough energy. As you watch them run uh, those last several laps, they all had a half a car length to a car length between them. Nobody was getting enough energy to shove the other, to shove yeah. the other, to shove the other. I find it fascinating watching the races, these, especially over the last couple of years. The manufacturers have really all uh, bonded together, and they make a lot of decisions uh, of how they're going to run the race together. This is something that we wouldn't see five, ten years ago. You know what started it really, I think, is watching the Toyota guys in the Daytona 500 in 2015, maybe. Right. I don't know what year it was. Yep. And at that point, the whole game was changed. At that point, is how do you? We all said, how do we beat the Toyotas, right? And Ford has more cars than Toyota. It is basically what it kind of comes down to. Our cars are fast, yes, but we have all the Stuart Haas cars. We have the Roush Fenway cars. You know, the front row cars that run well at super speedways as well. <laughs> Uh, you know, Penske cars, obviously. If we all can work together, they're not going to be able to beat us. Yeah. You know, and I think we all, that, that light bulb went off. Like, yeah. okay, <laughs> we can do that. But it's hard. You know how it is. Like, as a race car driver, you're very selfish. Oh, yeah. When you put that helmet on, you change as a person. Uh, you know, you can be a, a nice guy sitting here on the couch. And, you know, when you put a helmet on, you kind of become a, a little bit of a jerk. And and I'm guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll be the first to admit You've that. You've had a few altercations. So, but it's, yeah. a, it's a competitive atmosphere, and you can't be the same person as you are when you're not in a competitive atmosphere, my opinion. But in a super speedway race, the only way today that you win is you have to still have that selfless attitude that you have when your helmet's off. Uh, you have to be able to work together, and you got to know sometimes you're going to have to help somebody else win the race, and you're not going to get to win. That really sucks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But... 
it comes back around full circle. First time as a father here in, uh, in Victory Lane. You know, pulling into Victory Lane and obviously you, know, you see your team first, you see everybody and you get out and you're yelling, screaming, you're excited and you do your interview. And then I turned around and, and saw Brittany and Hudson over there. And uh, that, that brought some tears in my eyes. Like, yeah. And it's just a cool feeling. I, I, I know he's never going to remember it, but we're going to have one hell of a picture that will help him remember that someday yeah. when he's older. And I don't know. I just think that stuff is uh, your perception of, of what fun is and what's really cool changes when you have a kid. All right, so that conversation was yesterday before Dale Jr. and Amy had their baby. Joey tweeted his congratulations a little earlier today, saying there's nothing like it. Well, guys, so much of that conversation about TJ Majors, and I can tell you from Roger Penske to Todd Gordon and Joey, obviously, it was the first thing they talked about in Victory Lane. Can you overstate the importance of a spotter at a place like Talladega? No, you can't. <laughs> I mean, that, that they are so integral to modern-day super speedway racing and, and also – to for the ability of what you heard them talk about, paint a picture, because what that allows the driver to do is focus on set on where he wants to do out what's out, uh, ahead of the windshield and also what moves he wants to plan ahead, right? That's the thing is that that spotter is doing is painting a picture of what's happening behind you so that you can plan ahead and make the move or, or block a move happening before it even happens sometimes. And that's the key there. That's why we see guys who are able to get to the front with good spotters allowed to block the front. I found the comments about TJ Majors a little bit interesting just because I thought Joey had a really good spotter already, and he'd had success on the plate races. So uh, I think that, you know, a, a guy that is such a good plate spotter, the first one I had that was really, really good, not, nothing against my other spotters, but he was just a step above, was Brett Griffith, who's now Clint Boyer's spotter. The first time I was on a plate race with him, I went, wait a minute. <laughs> You're giving me more information I've never had before. And it's, it's amazing how much it helps a driver. All right. Well, there's a lot more from that download. That was just a small taste. Joey Logano and Dale Jr. really had some fun and also talked about fatherhood. The full Dale Jr. download podcast is available at DirtyMoMedia.com and all major podcasting platforms. Up next, part two of Scanall. Joey Logano winning for the third time at Talladega. I wouldn't trade Joey for anybody to, to close a race. When the pressure gets put on at the end, he, he's got another level and he gets to it. Oh, baby! Quarterback! That feels so good! Nothing you can do but yell and scream. Uh, and I'm an emotional person, so, you know, I ride the highs and, you know, I have some lows too. And, uh, but that's what makes life fun sometimes. to be old Joey Logano over Kurt Busch and Joey Logano has won yet again his third win at the Talladega Super Speedway. Oh baby! Woo! That feels so good! Yes! Yes! Good job, TJ. Driver, let's do that. Awesome job, Joey. We got us a win at Talladega. Awesome job, TJ. You're the freaking man. Hey, I'm TJ Majors, of the 22 Shell Pennzoil Ford. We just won Talladega. Kind of crazy at the end. I'm kind of glad they got racing behind us. Todd and the guys built a great car, real fast car. We could lead really well. Joey did a great job leading. He's real aggressive. Uh, his aggressive driving style makes my job a little easier. I can feed him info, and he can make quick decisions and, and be where we got to be. The 
race kind of played in our favor there at the end. We kind of got good restarts and got pushed out front. And you put us up front, I'll put us up against anybody. We were in the right spot there. Luckily, they got racing behind us. We were able to hold them off. So back to victory lane here at Talladega. My first uh, cup win with Joey. So hopefully the first of many. For 10 seasons, TJ Majors worked with one of the best restrictor plate drivers of all time in Dale Earnhardt Jr. Time will tell if his new partnership with Joey Logano will be as successful, but so far so good. Majors kept Logano in front of the pack for the final 42 laps in their victory Sunday at Talladega. And the 22 team had a plan for that run to the checkered flag. Logano and crew chief Todd Gordon break down that plan in part two of Scanal Talladega. 11, they're side by side, 11 is almost clear. He's getting pushed right here, however, run off the car. Here he comes, he's getting a little push here. You know, at the beginning of the race, we were able to get a couple seconds through the stages, and you know, it's cool, we were able to make the right moves, good pit strategy, you know, and, and then get ourselves that, that, that clean air, you know. After that, it's really all about the blocks. There, help on the high side, come out of the head, help, head, help, here he comes, here he comes, help on the high side right now. Here comes the 10 to you on the third group. And Talladega's now become a handling race with the new package, with, with uh, the dropped heights and all we're doing. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a chess game into how you how you position yourself to get to the front when you need to be. Back to the stripe with 16 laps to go. Starting to get a little rough out there with a the 9 and 17. They're trying to time stuff out here. I'll keep you posted on them. You know, last 15 laps, you're sitting there like, okay, you know it's coming. You know, eventually they're going to make the runs, and you see that, you know, I kept, TJ kept telling me about the 17 to 9 laying back, trying to form these runs. When's it going to happen? So you're just constantly staring in the mirror, listening to everything that TJ's saying. Here they go. The scramble is on. Kurt Busch steps up. 41's outside the four. 41's your health. 41's your health. He cleared him. He cleared him. Keep your bumper in front of him there. There you go. No more run. Wasn't really expecting to get hung out there. They all started racing each other. He got too wide. Side by side behind him now. He might go to the high side to get the 17 here. Keep your eye on him here. Watch him. Logano blocking every advance. Kurt Busch looked outside. Logano blocked him. Pushing your way. He's still clear by one. No help. Defensive line here. Lane up. He's going to the line here. You are clear. You're clear. You're clear by one. Check your flag. They certainly seem to have gotten their their confidence back in that 22 team. Let's not forget they've been in the championship four twice. So now that they've found victory lane again, how dangerous are they? Well, I, I think they still have some work to do. I think they still got to find some speed uh, to compete with the guys that have been winning races. But I love the fact, and Todd Gordon says it over and over and over, give Joey Logano a shot, put him in position late in the race, and he can go win the races. And that opens the door for his ability to make some calls 
to get Joey Logano in that position. And you now they got that win. I think now it's now he can make some calls to really put Joey in those positions. And I'm gonna slightly disagree with you. I think the Penske cars overall are, are pretty stout so far. We've seen the season. Aside from the hiccup we saw at Phoenix early in the year where they weren't I mean, that fast. They what? How many wins? Well, they got one right now. Guess what? I think they've been oh, pretty man. good. So I'm just saying. I think I think they've been there. They've been in contention. I think that this could be a catalyst for seeing a lot more wins out of that group. Todd Gordon actually compared Joey Logano to Michael Jordan, saying even if he goes 0 for 31, you still want to give him the ball with two seconds so that's to quite go. That's a comparison. Yeah, wow. So all right. Well, earlier I'm not we that heard guy. <laughs> we heard from Pete Bastoni about the lack of Cup drivers in the Xfinity Series over the last three weeks. Hi, what does our own Jeff Burton have to say about it? We'll find out when NASCAR America returns. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. So that is first-time Xfinity Series winner Spencer Gallagher, who was in victory lane at Talladega this past Saturday, and of course, that was another race where we had no cup regulars in the field. We talked to Pete Bastoni about it earlier, where he said fans love it. They were all on board, thought it was really good for the action. What did you make of it, Jeff? Well, I, let me give you my perspective first, okay? The Xfinity Series is what I grew up. I, wanted, I grew up wanting to be an Xfinity Series driver. That was what I wanted to do. I drove for my dad. He, we had our own team. I drove for Jack Roush and for Richard Childress. Um, I have a son that wants to get to that, that's working hard to get to that level, and I'm a fan. So I have a very unique perspective, and here's what I'm going to say. I love to see good racing, number one, and we've seen good racing without the cup guys in there, and, and it's let some people shine. The problem that I have is that if the fans love it so much, then you better go watch, and you better turn the TV on. If you really want it, then prove you want it, and it because if they don't, it's not going to work. It takes money to make it work in this sport. And if, to get sponsors in this sport, they have to have people watching. You have to have people in the stands. So there's this romantic idea that we want no cup drivers. I want to see the proof. I want to see the facts that say, okay, there's no cup drivers, so more people are watching, more people are interested in it. If I don't see that, then it doesn't work. You have to have people interested. And I want to wait and see what the facts say. My question is, would there have been any more fans in the stands slash any more viewers on TV that would have watched this race if there was a couple well, I said I want to see the facts. Because I, I don't think there would have been, and I think we saw a well, tremendous race you, last couple well, weeks. Okay, let me yeah. challenge you. Okay. If, you're, if you're a Kyle Busch fan, yep. and there's a lot of Kyle Busch fans. There's a tremendous If you're a Kevin Harvick fan, and there's a lot of Kevin Harvick fans, and he's not in the race, are you watching? Maybe you're not. If you're a NASCAR fan. So... How many? So, so, but you see my point. I see your point, but what I what I want to get to is though I think I think one thing that helps this series is I don't, I mean at this point we are as we said on the show we're at the point where to ban cup drivers any further just means ban them entirely right yeah. because oh, yeah, it, yeah, we, we yeah, can't yeah. we can't yeah. go any more to be like one race. I agree. The thing is if we get rid of them or the cup teams stop participating in the Xfinity series. I have a belief that naturally the budgets come down and you end up with a more competitive series overall. Well, I, I, I don't know about that. At the time, it'll be a time, it'll, time will tell. But I do believe this. I believe there's something special to beating Kevin Harvick on a Saturday afternoon. There's something special yeah. about that. When I won my first Xfinity race, Davey Allison walked to victory lane. He was, and he, like, Davey Allison, man. You know, I got to compete against guys that were racing on Sunday. That helped me. 
Yes, a lot I of these younger this guys. Guy a couple times learning, and, a lot. and you probably learned Mess quite a bit up. from. All right, we're out of time. That's all for NASCAR America. For all your NASCAR news, log on to NBCSports.com/NASCAR. We'll be back Wednesday, 5 p.m. Eastern. NHL Top 10 is next, followed by the Stanley Cup playoffs. Thanks for watching. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.